You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my theater kid friends to my favorite classic rock albums. And when we look at a concert album or a rock opera, they introduce me to their favorite musicals. everyone today we're talking about neil young harvest with me i have romy hey isaiah hello and paul and me harvest is the fourth studio album by canadian american musician neil young released on february 1st 1972 on reprise records it was produced by neil young and elliot mazer with assists by henry louis and jack nietzsche and the genres are country rock and folk rock and from all music review stephen thomas Erlewine. Harvest sits at the foundation of Neil Young's legacy, a blockbuster that turned the singer-songwriter into a superstar in his own right. He had already received a boost from being recruited into Crosby, Stills & Nash, with After the Gold Rush climbing into the top 10 months after Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's Deja Vu went to number one. But Harvest was something different, simultaneously slicker and more eccentric than its predecessor. Its overwhelming success, thanks to the number one hit Heart of Gold, a sun-bleached country rocker that opened up the highway for the likes of America, and becoming the biggest selling record of 1972 camouflages its slightly misshapen structure. Much of the music does indeed fulfill the rural promise of its title, either by relying upon the studio polish of Nashville Cats or the ragged ramble of Young's jury-rigged California farm. These are complementary approaches, with the raw immediacy of Are You Ready for the Country, Alabama, words contrasting nicely with the burnished mellow simmer of Out on the Weekend, Harvest, and Old Man. Where Harvest gets a bit odd is on A Man Needs a Maid, and There's a World, where the London Symphony Orchestra plays a bombastic arrangement by Jack Nietzsche, arrangements so overwhelming they threaten to knock the entire album off its axis. The Needle and the Damage Done, a lament for the soon-to-be-late crazy horse guitarist Danny Witten that was recorded in concert helps bring Harvest back to Earth, offering open-hearted empathy that loses none of its poignancy over the years. At first, The Needle and the Damage Done doesn't seem to jibe with the rest of Harvest. It's a solo acoustic number recorded live in concert, an aesthetic far away from either the slick studio craft or down-home country rock of the rest of the record, but its inclusion underscores how Harvest touches upon everything Neil Young had done to that point. Here, he's heard as a folk troubadour and a shaggy rocker, a protester, and an old soul a hippie who wants to get back to the country. All personas he'd continue to explore and expand over the course of his career, and all presented here in a way that's welcoming, not alienating. Young notoriously bristled at this accessibility, writing in the liner notes of his compilation album Decade that Heart of Goad put him in the middle of the road. Traveling there soon became a bore, so I headed for the ditch. 
but that doesn't erase the fact that Harvest is a remarkable accomplishment, turning Young's idiosyncrasies into something commercial without sacrificing their substance. All right, what do we think of Harvest by Neil Young? Yeah, I love it. It's all right. It's yeah, I, it's really good. It's not it's not my favorite Neil Young. It's probably like top three or top four, but it's 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 got it's got a great charm to it. Okay, let's talk about those orchestra tracks first. Let's get the shit out of the way so we can start talking about the good stuff. All right. Uh, there's a world. Yeah, kind of like, not that, one's, yeah that's, that one sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, first time I was listening to Harvest all the way through, I was, I was studying community college. I was listening to Old Man, one of my favorite songs of all time. Then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's boom. I, I read on Rate Your Music that There's a World was a jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically how it felt. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like if Freddy Fazbear like, inserted himself into your ears in the middle of like a Leonard Cohen album or something. Yeah. Oddly enough, this kind of does sound like a Leonard Cohen song. Ah, I, I get it now. Yeah, but yeah, There's a World is the Five Nights of Freddy's of Neil Young's catalog. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm putting that in the quotes. Yes, and uh, yes, the, uh, the There's a World from Next to Normal smokes that There's a World from Harvest, and it's not a competition. This song retroactively made me think that A Man Needs a Maid was worse than it actually was. A Man Needs a Maid, uh, I mean... Neil Young's back throughout, so he really did need a maid at that point in time, but, like, he did not need to make that song as melodramatic as he needed to. I'm looking at the quotes channel. I'm still, like, still astonished that, like, Sesame Street had nine more Grammys than ABBA had, which is none. <laughs> yeah, um, you were, you were saying, Paul? I was gonna say that both these songs weren't initially supposed to be symphony songs they just happen to be songs that neil wanted to put on this album in this specific way and it just turns out that this specific way is not preferred <laughs> yeah when i when i first uh, saw this album i thought oh the uh there's the london symphony orchestra on this tracks so, oh yeah theater kids are gonna eat this stuff up and then i heard the songs and i'm like no they're not <laughs> Okay, a man so needs wait, no, about... wait 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 a man i have a few things to say more a man needs a maid kind of sounds like a randy newman song yeah. <laughs> and uh, the funniest part of that song for me was when like the orchestra was just swelling and getting bigger and neil was just singing a maid a man <laughs> needs a maid <laughs> yeah um Kind of related to the album, but there's a band called Wreck Addiction. I think I mentioned that before to you. Um, like they did a whole reggae cover of this entire album, and it, they called it Ganja Harvest. That's actually a good uh, title for a reggae cover of Harvest. Uh, I would definitely check that out. Yeah. So yeah, uh, A Man Needs a Maid and There's a World are not really the best songs. But on the bright side, they do not define the rest of the sound of this album. Yay! Yay! Yeah, they're a good song. This is a good album. Hell yeah, it's a good album. If it wasn't a good album, I wouldn't cover it on this podcast. Everybody listen to the Sgt. Pepper movie soundtrack. That that's different. He was not affiliated with the decisions that I have taken when making the podcast wheel. 
But anyway, um, yeah, I, my personal favorite songs on this album are uh, Heart of Gold. It's uh, Neil Young has always hated that song because uh, he just he, he's allowed to have his own opinions. But I just I really like that song. But I do like two other songs better uh, out on the weekend and old man. They're just like every time I hear those songs, I'm, I'm back in a, a, a nice, safe, comfy place. I feel I feel welcome. I feel old like it's really good. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I feel like I want to travel the country in search of someone who never existed. <laughs> yeah, Neil Young kidnaps you at three a.m. and takes you to the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, those were my notes for. Are you ready for the country? Yeah, I, I mean it's better than coming kidnapping you at three a.m. and saying that, screaming that he, he wants you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, are you ready for the country? <laughs> are you ready for the country? Well, too bad. <laughs> Bob Dylan and Neil Young kidnap you at 3 a.m. in the morning to take you to the country so they can want you. ASMR. 3 a.m. in the morning. As Department of Redundancy Department. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just because that uh, there's a world and a man needs a maid are stinkers doesn't mean that the rest of the album is devoid of that stinking quality. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not... I love all these songs. Yeah. Uh, Alabama is kind of a rehash on Ohio, though. <laughs> is, is Neil Young just going to make like 48 more songs about U.S. states with that same riff? <laughs> He's going to start what Sufjan Stevens was too chicken to accomplish. Uh, <laughs> Alabama is a sequel to that one song. Oh, uh, Southern yeah. Rush. Yeah, Southern yeah. Man. And, and surprise, surprise, Leonard Skinner hated both songs. <laughs> The I mean, yep, Alabama was uh, the inspiration for the song Sweet Home, Alabama, where in the lyrics, uh, Leonard Skinner calls out Neil Young directly, saying, a southern man don't need him around anyhow. Oh, oh, that, I found something really interesting about that song. Um, they, they actually have a, they actually have a dig at, um, this segregationist governor like oh yeah uh, in birmingham they love the governor boo 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 yeah. i mean which is uh and then leonard skinner's uh, like we did what we could do to fight uh george uh, whatever his name is oh uh watergate's happening yeah that doesn't bother me uh why not try and uh, relax like me <laughs> i guess the theme of the song is uh a call to alabamans to not be ashamed for who they are which is funny because Leonard Skinner is from Florida. <laughs> Florida. Like that that changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> like that raised the same energy as that Tumblr post where somebody was talking about like the they had a teacher that was like did all this stuff about nine eleven to the point of like getting the students to write obituaries for fictional people that died on nine eleven. <laughs> and they didn't have a and they, they they didn't have like people that close to them that like suffered or died because of the attacks and like and the teacher got like angry at them because um they didn't remember anything about, about it because they were born in 1999 and um pretty soon they'd have like people that weren't even born during 9-11 and the kicker to all this it, this is a canadian classroom <laughs> um you want to read it for yourself there's, there's like a whole video why did i feel like the kicker was gonna be that the teacher was a canuck <laughs> Just like um, Neil Young. Yeah. And Alanis Morissette, whom I saw. Oh, nice, nice. Weekend. Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of a bittersweet ending to the Neil Young Leonard Skinner feud because uh, Neil Young actually admitted liking Sweet Home Alabama. 
That's the bittersweet part. His guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, he himself admitted that Southern Man in Alabama might have been a bit too harsh on Alabama. And I, I, could, I could see where he's coming from, even though I feel like I feel like Neil wasn't the right to say what he needed to say. Uh, I'm more partial to Southern Man as a song. I yeah. just choked on water. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Neil Young and Leonard Skinner actually became close friends. Uh, Leonard Skinner frontman Ronnie Van Zant would wear a Neil Young shirt live sometimes, uh, which probably most fans thought was ironic, but no, Ronnie was just a fan of Neil Young's music. And when Neil Young performed at Alabama in concert, he would close out by singing the chorus to Sweet Home Alabama. Wow. Icon. <laughs> yeah. There was even rumors that uh, Neil Young and Leonard Skinner were gonna perform together until uh, Leonard Skinner uh, got into that tragic plane crash. Uh. Which, uh, you know, honestly, despite uh, Leonard Skinner not being one of my favorite bands, I would have loved to see that. It, that probably would have been music history right there. Like the yeah, the three, like how... the biggest feud in music, one night only, is over. <laughs> uh, that. Like, that story reminded me of um, how, like, Billy Vanilli was gonna do a reunion tour with the Robin Favis, the actual singers, and the people that sang on their album as uh, the backing singers, uh, but unfortunately one of them died, so, like, they scrapped the tour. That would have been, like, such a cool what could have been redemption arc. Yeah, there's a... There's a whole lot of what could have been in uh, music history, and that sadly will not come to light. It would have been so cool to see the alternate universe where they did, like, where yeah. that album came actually happened. Yeah, that would have been dope. Uh, and you know what? It, got, it could have also been as dope as Harvest. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> and hell, maybe it could have been even more dope, because I doubt there'd be, like, two random orchestra songs. <laughs> yeah. the best laid plan Swing low Alabama you got this A question for everyone. Who thinks uh, a man needs a maid is a bit sexist? Because it's like Neil Young talking about how he needs a maid! A man needs a maid! Yeah. <laughs> In Neil's defense, though, his back has been thrown out and he literally needed a maid. <laughs> or at least someone to take care of him. Around this time, he and his wife, Carrie Snodgrass, were having trouble, and they would soon divorce, which Neil would vent over in probably his best album next to After the Gold Rush on the beach. Which, by the way, guys, yes, even though it's a down river record, is on the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and surprisingly, I... Even though it's a downer record, I still haven't added the Radiohead discography yet. But that's mostly because I don't want to bloat the wheel. There's like 220-something albums on the wheel. I don't want to make it bigger than it needs to be for now. Yeah. Yeah. I will wait. But we will cover the Radiohead discography eventually, Isaiah, I promise. Yeah! Uh, In the meantime, my podcast, which uh, should have a new episode yeah, soon. I, yeah, I got. I just got to do the thumbnail, and then 
And then we'll upload it, yeah. An episode on uh, Anima, the Tom York one. It's pronounced Tom York, actually, you dweeb. Uh, oh, yeah, Tom York, sorry. <laughs> Fake fan. No, I, it was a slip of the tongue. That's exactly what Neil Young said when he called Alabama shitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he pleaded against Leonard Skinner. Yeah, and then they were like, yeah, we cool, we cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do not like country. A lot of panelists on this podcast included. I remember in the Arrival episode, Riley specifically says she does not like country, to which I replied, so after the gold rush means nothing to you. It was a low blow. I, uh, yeah, um, I don't like most modern country. I, I do like Casey Musgraves, but I, I just like a lot of older stuff, mainly like up to like probably like the 80s or sometime in the 90s. Yeah. I'm in the same ballpark. I'm an old soul when it comes to country myself. I love Johnny Cash and uh, the other ones, like most other people. But uh, my favorite country is when it's fused with rock. Henceforth, Neil Young's yeah. Harvest. And my I've got to say, my favorite aspect of country rock and just country in general are just like the, the steel guitars and the slide guitars. They just they present a nice, welcoming atmosphere. Like, all your troubles are being washed away in the, the hot air. And yeah. there's a lot of great slide guitar on this album. Uh, Out on the Weekend and Old Man especially. I think those might be, that might be why they're my favorite songs on the album. And they have they, gra- mm-hmm. they have great lyrics too. But if it, the any song could have great lyrics, but could have a shitty melody or a shitty rhythm section. But but that slide guitar, the slide guitar makes it work. It's an, it's like syrup on your pancakes. Yeah. And we've, we, we've, we've done a lot of great slide guitar uh, albums on this podcast. Like, uh... All Things Must Pass, uh, George Harrison was a master of the slide guitar. Yeah. I wasn't there for, yes. for that, but I trust I trust you on that, since uh, it's George Harrison. Yeah, uh, the title track def- is definitely one to behold. And uh, Old Man, Old Man is probably my favorite track on the album. Uh, I remember listening to it a few times on the radio, and I was like, yeah, this is a dope song, but then I started uh, getting hypnotized by that slide guitar, and then I actually uh, listened to the lyrics and i was like shit this is a great song this is probably neil young's best song ever but then again you could say that for like 12 other neil young songs the man is a poet yeah legend yeah the song was actually inspired by uh, i i mentioned this in the after the gold rush episode but old man was inspired by neil young's neighbor who uh guess guess what guess who he was old man yes he was old man <laughs> he was an old man Aww. And he was like, he was bewildered that Neil Young, this young upstart rock star, would live in this secluded little cabin in the country. He's like, what's a youngster like you playing that devil's music doing out here? And then Neil's like, I'm just like you, old man. Hey, what's your theory that involving the theater kids about the song? Okay, yeah. Um, so I have a... I was listening to this uh, song like two years ago, actually, and I realized something. And I thought uh, maybe the theater kids would, when they hear what I think about this song, they'll go, whoa. They'll be like, this this is a revelation. It might not be the biggest thing in the world, but uh, when I look back at the lyrics, it kind of makes sense. So are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. It kind of sounds like a song Orpheus would sing to Hades. Whoa! Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. Old man, oh. take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. 
I need someone to love me the whole day through. One look in my eyes and you can tell that's true. Live alone in a paradise that makes me think of two. I just blew your minds. I've been waiting for this for two goddamn years, baby. Yeah. I bet Neil Young is very proud of us. Yeah, I bet Orpheus would be proud, too. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, Reef Carney sounds a lot like Neil Young sometimes. Yeah, um, also also kind of semi-related, but they announced, like, a Jeff Buckley biopic with Reef Carney starring as Jeff Buckley, but, like, nothing has, like, come of it. Like, I feel like taking it over just so we can hear, like, Reef Carney sing Lover, He Should Have Come Over. And Hallelujah. Yes! Yeah. I always forget Jeff Buckley's existence. You always forget Jeff Buckley's existence. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's Sorry, fair. Jeff yeah, I remember when we did like the the top forty rock singers, and like Jeff Buckley was like early on the list, and everyone was like, "Who is he?" And I thought people would know Jeff uh-huh. Buckley because uh, he he was a he's like an alt rocker. I, I I thought people would know who Jeff Buckley is, but I guess I not. Knew, I knew he was <laughs> I'm a bit more familiar time. now. <laughs> than His version of Hallelujah is in the National Recording Registry. That's how you know he's legit. Yeah, yeah. Take that, Rufus Rainwright and John Cale. <laughs> I did mention that uh, Neil Young does not like the song Heart of Gold, right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, which is understandable. I mean, w- it, it gave him his biggest success, but at what cost? He probably had to perform the song over and over. And at some point, there's going to be a breaking point from how much you can take a song. And uh, yeah, that's, he got creep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's his creep. It's yeah. like, I'm riding up 21 Pilots. When Stressed Out became a big hit, they just kind of, like, the singer Tyler was, he just kind of got burnt out on it and changed the lyrics to be about, like, he's literally, like, he's out of this. Are you telling me he wishes he could turn back time to the good old days? I don't remember what, like, the lyrics were, but, um. Those were the lyrics. But yeah, it still gave Neil Young his biggest success, and uh, he was—he actually started performing concerts again this year, like a little acoustic sets. And I believe he did play out a uh, Heart of Gold for everyone there. So that's uh, nice. Yeah, and he's—he sounded good for like almost uh, 80. He's—he hasn't lost his touch. He's—he's he's still looking for that Heart of Gold, and he is getting old at a rapid rate. So anyway, uh, I was gonna mention the fact that you said that it was either old man or out on the weekend was your favorite songs on the album yeah yeah uh i i think i think it's old man now because it's got so much going for it you might say the was, same thing old man's a good one was interested oh, in I, the I found the video way you'd... guys you're, you're you're interrupting paul let paul speak uh, sorry 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 paul it's okay i was i was just interested in the way that you described out on the weekends oh uh let me check my notes yeah i i described out on the weekend as ever since the start i love this song Okay, yeah, there were a bit of grammatical errors, but what, I'm, what I was trying to say was the first time I listened to this song, I fell in love with it. It's in my favorite key, A major. It's got those lovely uh, slide guitars, and Neil Young is singing some lyrics about trying to find love in this this mixed-up world. Hmm. You like the song so much, you couldn't type a proper sentence. I think that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that oh, reminds me. Like, I'm now I'm thinking of that back to the John Denver and the Muppets Christmas Together episode. Um, I I could just barely get words out because I was just like so jazzed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the song as much as you do. I like it probably for a slightly different reason. Hmm. I enjoy the song because of the way it represents love. Usually, when it's about loving a girl, it's about a specific type of. This way, it's sort of like comparing a girl to drugs in some shape or form. Yeah. And this way, you 
he sings about it in a very lonely sense. As if only if he has is, is in his head, and he hopes that girl feels the same way in her head. Yeah. In a very lonely sense. I'm yeah. trying to figure out yeah. the best way to word that. Yeah, that, no, I, I see what you're going with. He's a he's a hopeless romantic. He's a he's like the kid who never leaves his room and ogles at girls across the hallway 30 feet from him. And he thinks, I think she loves me too. No, it's... I, it's That's I, especially... I, <laughs> I hope she loves me too. Especially the fact... <laughs> That's especially the fact because man needs a maid. <laughs> in the about X. Yeah. Like, I hope that girl loves me too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally just, just like me for real. Yeah. It's like high school Neil Young hiding behind the water fountain, staring at the girl thirty feet away, and he's wearing a all black outfit. He's got a black uh, sweatshirt on, and he's got his hoodie uh, tightened all the way, and he's thinking, "She's such a lovely girl. I wonder if she'll be my maid." Yeah. Never took that song literally in any way. <laughs> Neither did I. The symphonic. I think the symphonic orchestration helped with that, honestly. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> the way the orchestration could of, you with all the. <laughs> could you imagine if there was strings. a Neil Young musical and a man needs a maid was the showstopper? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, let's change the subject. Um. <clears throat> So in between the recording of our After the Gold Rush episode and this episode, our Harvest episode, something very interesting happened with Neil Young's discography. He removed it completely from Spotify. Yeah. What a tragic loss. Yeah. The context is uh, Neil Young was upset at Spotify that they would continue to advertise Joe Rogan's podcast because he continuously had anti-vax guest panelists on there and he was like it's either me or joe and then at, at the end of the day spotify looked at their morals or whatever morals they had left and threw them out the window and so uh, neil uh decided to leave spot five for good uh crosby yeah. stills and nash followed suit along with neil young's uh, canadian best buddy joni mitchell Neil Young and Joni have uh, stuck to their uh, boycott, but Crosby, Stills, and Nash did add the rest of their stuff back to Spotify after like six months or so. Bunch of wussies. <laughs> and, no, I get, it, I get it. They, they had, they had bills to pay. Uh, rest in peace, David Crosby. Yeah. And uh, for those who are sad because they have Spotify and they don't have any other place to go to to music to listen to neil young music or Joni mitchell need i remind you that youtube exists and uh, apple music yeah. very glad to be gifted with apple music yeah i was listening on youtube for a while yeah i uh i find it funny when people are like oh my gosh uh, i can't believe neil young took his music off of spotify spotify is the only way people can listen to music nowadays as if it's like it's like when some a uh, conservative tells you, think of the children starving in Africa. What if Spotify is the only music platform they have and then Neil Young just selfishly takes it off? Uh, my mom is often used like, um, they're starving children in Africa. Like, I I'm, she was thoroughly convinced it was a Newfoundland thing, but like, but if you look at the comments on most how to how to basic videos, like, there's almost always a comment along the lines of kids in Africa could have eaten that whatever is in there. Oh my god, 
Yeah, but yeah, anyway, that the starving kids in Africa saying is outdated. And I believe that Neil Young was definitely in the right in leaving Spotify. I miss him, but yeah. he was in the right. But I have I have I have been considering migrating to Apple Music because I I hear very good things about their lossless music quality, which I know Neil Young yes. was uh, upset about with Spotify. They they compressed the audio files on his music and a lot of other music. But Apple Music is lossless and all that stuff. Yeah. And so for the whole for the entire day I have painstakingly uh, copy pasted the Rock of Ages playlist and the playlist of all the songs I have on vinyl from Spotify to Apple Music. I never bothered to copy and paste my playlists. I just added um, albums that oh, I liked. I, in oh, I it. wasn't copy. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't copy pasting. I was just. I was. <laughs> I was just searching up albums and songs and putting them in the playlist. Yeah, yeah. you can, wow. um, I, I haven't done this myself, but you can import songs into Spotify, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I think I heard something about that. I can, import, oh, Neil, yeah. I can import Neil Young's songs onto back onto Spotify. Files on my phone that Spotify plays for me. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that, too. I, re- I think I remember seeing, like, uh... All the Lego Star Wars death sounds on Spotify once, and I was like, "What? How did they get here?" And then I realized it's probably some Spotify thing. Like it recognized all the the sounds on my uh, on my computer, and then just put them on Spotify, but only offline for some reason. It's only an offline thing. Some of the recordings I had on my phone while I was airplane mode on a plane, and mm. went to Spotify, and I thought, "Huh, that's strange." Now a bunch of people can listen to your airplane mode uh, stuff on Spotify. Isn't that exciting? Well, at least I did unlisted. Yeah, that's 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 for the best. That, yeah, uh, I am thoroughly considering migrating from Spotify to Apple Music. At least when it comes to listening to music-wise, I might still use Spotify occasionally for uh, listening to podcasts including my own although uh yeah, I, I still use spotify on my computer on my yeah, phone i use apple yeah con about apple music it doesn't really have any star kid albums on there so twisted isn't on there which is going to make the rock of ages playlist a little sadder on the plus side spider-man turn off the dark isn't there so haha <laughs> 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 in your face bono old man look at my life 24 and there's so much more Live alone in a paradise That makes me think of two Love lost such a cost Give me things that don't get lost Like a coin that won't get tossed Rolling home to you One more song I wanted to talk about on this album, and that is uh, The Needle and the Damage Done, which was written as a tribute to uh, Danny Witten, who would die later in of the album's release year, 1972. Mm. 
It's actually a pretty sad story. Uh, so this, so like Danny Witten, he was a r- really hard heroin addict. Like Neil Young has like sent him on his way several times because he was just getting continuously uh, addicted to heroin. So much so that he got fired from Crazy Horse, Neil Young's uh, occasional backing band, because he was so high all the time. And he was he was he basically became like just a another sad junkie or something yeah. but then uh in like mid 1972 neil young gave him one more chance to to perform with neil young and his uh his new band the stray gators for the uh tour behind harvest the album but when uh, danny witten showed up he he was out of sync with everyone and he started zoning out it was it was it must have been pretty sad to see so for the final time uh neil young sent him on his way he gave him $50 and a ticket to Los Angeles and sent him from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Later that night, Neil Young got a call from the Los Angeles coroner. Danny Witten had died, like, almost immediately after he set foot in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It was He died from a accidental combination of Valium and alcohol. That's... Sad. Yeah, and it took Rough. it it took years for uh, Neil Young to uh, to stop blaming himself for Danny Witten's death because he was he sent Danny on his way he he didn't he didn't mean for Danny to die obviously but it, it still happened and it took like years for him to stop putting the responsibility on on him and a lot of it uh, is on like Neil Young's albums after Harvest like uh, on the beach and tonight's the night where like recorded right after Danny's death and and it shows those those albums are like mm-hmm. heavy really subject matter wise and it's and it's pretty depressing uh i hear tonight's the night is especially depressing so i don't think i want to get to that i think i think we're good with on the beach yeah. this i this, may add to the oh go ahead yeah though unintentional i think that the since it was recorded live and there's the audience applause at the end audience applause actually and it creeped me out. It creeped me out too. Like Neil Young was just singing a song about how his junkie friend almost killed himself getting addicted to heroin, and then there's a bunch of these faceless people, half of which could be dead by now, just clapping. Mm-hmm. It just cuts, almost like almost like that scene from Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, it's just where the loud one... applause and then suddenly cut to almost clear silence. Yeah, and, and then so cuts like, to I... Cillian Murphy saying. It's Oppenheimer in time, and then Oppenheimer's all over his wife. <laughs> that, that never oh. gets old. I'm sorry. Was that too low? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean uh, the x the uh, the it's x in time, and then x everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, that never gets old. Yeah, but anyway, uh, the jarring cut between uh, Needle and the Damage Done and and Words is also kind of something that jars jars me a little bit. Like you go from like faceless, emotionless clapping to that to that weird uh, chord that starts off words open parentheses between the lines of age close parentheses. And if I'm being honest, I I, I wouldn't I wonder what the album would sound like if the needle and the damage done closed the album and they kept the the audience clapping and the the sudden cut. Like what a way to close an album. Yeah. Uh. And I, <laughs> imagine if that uh, song played in a mix at a party. Yeah. <laughs> the entire room just falls silent. <laughs> In short, this album is amazing, barring two tracks that don't really fit much. Yeah. Good album. Yeah. 
So uh, how about we go around the room? Uh, Isaiah, you go first. Um, I like After the Gold Rush way better. Uh, I forgot Same. what I rated that album. Uh, so I might have to lowball this one. I'll give this one a seven and a half. That's not too low. Old Man and Heart of Gold are, are really good songs, but, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I know. And you gave, now, you yeah. gave After the Gold Rush a 7.7. So it's not that much of a lowball mm. unless you want to amp up after the gold rush's score just a little bit more let's let's bring after the gold rush to an eight hell yeah that one grew on me <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a that's one of the it's like one of the best albums of 1970 right there <laughs> yeah and uh would you recommend this to a theater kid because all of um, those theater kids are going to enjoy the neil young musical coming out with the great act one showstopper i hear rave reviews about the act one showstopper a man needs a maid i don't <laughs> think i'll recommend this to no! a theater kid <laughs> Imagine if Reef Carney sang a man needs a mate. <laughs> no, don't. Okay, I I won't. Um, Paul. Um, I'm not the big country. That's all right. Like, I think that my favorite songs were Old Man's number one on there. Beetle and the Damage Done's probably my second. But uh, overall, it's it's a really good album. I'd give it like a seven out of ten. All right. Uh, and I would probably, and I would recommend it to a theater kid. Hmm. Interesting. I think that both the orchestrations and the way they, the way that the album goes down and up emotions yeah, works I can, well. I can, I can feel that. And even though it might not be the, the best experience for them, it has some elements that theater kids might enjoy. It is a lot more relaxed than a theater kid album might be, but it's would recommend it yeah i mean no the no uh cast recording of a musical is gonna have a jarring song about how alabama sucks <laughs> uh Robbie? yeah i give it a nine uh there is a man he's a maid and there's a world but everything else is just damn near perfect up until you said there's a world i forgot about there's a world's existence which is probably for the best <laughs> Just a, and uh, yeah, I think I'd give this like a 8.5 for me is a bit too low because I have a lot of emotional attachments to these songs, especially out on the weekend and old man. But I I think at the end of the day, I think I I think I'd give this an 8.75. And whether or not I'd recommend it to a theater kid, um, yeah, I I would also recommend it to a theater kid. I would uh, probably warn them beforehand that. Just because a song has a symphony orchestra does not immediately make it good. Yeah. And uh, before we go, I, w I have a very uh, famous rock and roll story I want to share with you guys. Ooh. Go All right. So, story goes, picture this. Like, late 1971, early 1972. Neil Young invites Graham Nash over to his farm. And uh, Graham Nash is just wondering what he, Neil Young's working on. Because uh, Neil Young is secretive, and Neil Young decides, you want to hear what I'm working on? Okay, I'll show you. And so Neil Young takes uh, Graham Nash out to an open field and tells him to get into a boat. And so Neil Young and Graham Nash are out there rowing a boat into the middle of a lake. And then and right, right when they're at the middle of the lake, Neil Young goes, all right, now. And then the album Harvest starts playing. Not from a little record player, in the middle of a, of the canoe, but from like two giant speakers, all like, 
on on the left side to Nash and Young, there's a giant speaker being played through like the farmhouse. And on the right side, there's a speaker being played through a barn. <laughs> that, that is so weird. Like very over the top. Yeah. Um imagine what I old man remember reading that. Imagine what old man was thinking right at that moment in time when Neil Young <laughs> was playing the album as loud as he could. And then he heard Blast. that and yep. then he heard that old man song and like, oh my god, is this song about me? <laughs> yeah, he, he heard it and he was like, wow, that is literally me for real. <laughs> and then two seconds later, boom, 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 for as loud as your ears can handle. <laughs> the speaker stopped working. <laughs> I, I want to, you need to make that into a Hunger Games event. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, uh. When Elliot Mazur, the producer, came out after the the album was over to ask Neil how he thought he sounded, Graham Nash swears, and uh, Neil Young has confirmed this, that Neil shouted back to Elliot, More barn! <laughs> More barn. <laughs> I fucking love Neil Young so much. Uh, yeah. On that festive note, it's time to spin the wheel! Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel! And remember, if we land on a concept album or a rock opera, we have to do a theater album for episode 131. Before we get to number one, I just want to shout out... My name is Chills, and I've got a challenge for you. He doesn't really have a challenge for them. He just wants them to follow him on his Instagram. Or barn. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get to number one, my name is Chills... And I want you to play our next album as loud as you can in a lake from on one side, a farmhouse, and on the other side, a barn. And that album in question, The Velvet Underground and Nico. Oh my All right, thank you. I sing the song because I love the man. I know that some of you don't understand. Milk blood to keep from running out I've seen the needle and the damage done A little part of it in everyone But every junkie's like a setting sun 